Hi, I'm Roman Rojas, and on the first episode of the Roman Rojas podcast, I talked to my friend Danilo Alvarez about how a night of fun and partying in Cali, Colombia, ended up with him being kidnapped, along with his girlfriend Geraldine, and how they were able to get out of this horrible situation. Join me every week in my conversations with people that have incredible stories to tell. Subscribe to the Roman Rojas podcast on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite platform. Hey guys, on this episode of Drinks with Binks, we're joined by ESPN NFL insider Adam Schefter. I met Adam at ESPN's Field Yates' wedding, and I essentially interviewed him over a hundred wobbly pops. Now, this time we're drinking water, so I'll remember it. But all kidding aside, we discuss his thoughts and approach to reporting on racial equality in the NFL, what the NFL is missing in its coronavirus plans, and how you will never see him tweet about liking ice cream. You don't want to miss this interview. We really get to know who is Adam Schefter. Hello and welcome on into Drinks with Binks. I'm Julie Stewart-Binks. We're still staying home to stay safe during the coronavirus pandemic, something that has gone on for about three months that we've been working from home. We know that has caused a lot of economic and financial stress on people, but I think we're learning in the last couple of weeks that the hardship of three months pales in comparison to 400 years of oppression as the topic of racial inequality, social injustice and police brutality have become global stories in the wake of the murder of George Floyd and countless other innocent black people. Now, this is also questioning us. What can we do to be better? What can we do to be a part of the change that needs to happen? This isn't something that you can dismiss because it doesn't affect you because it affects all of us. This is a conversation that also permeates sports. We've seen that the NFL has already tried to have this conversation and failed a couple of years ago in the wake of Colin Kaepernick's peaceful protests. And now we have to see how they will do as history continues to rewrite itself. And to discuss that and a whole lot more, we have ESPN's NFL insider and host of the Adam Schefter podcast. Adam Schefter, thank you so much for being with us here today. We know you're so busy. I don't know how you're able to make this happen, but thank you so much yeah, for being thank here. Thank you for having me, Julie. I appreciate it. We talked about doing this for almost a year now, and it's nice to be able yeah, well, I feel like I interviewed you already once when I met you at Field Yates's wedding, where uh, this is sort of where everything came to fruition. Just very curious about your career and, and just what it's like behind the scenes, because we see so much about what with the news you break and the stories that you are involved with. But I want to know about Adam Schefter, the person. And so we're going to get into that and a whole lot more. But first, on Drinks with Banks, we drink on yep. the show. And what drink that you suggested that we have today? I suggested essential water because, Julie, here's a little factoid that I think a lot of people may not know about. But my wife and I were coming upon 13 years of marriage. And in our 14 years together, 13 years of marriage, do you know how many times she's seen me intoxicated? I don't know. Never. Wow, never. Water today. I was very much inspired by what Tom Brady told Howard Stern that he drinks. I think it's something like. 200 ounces of water a day. I don't know how that's humanly possible. So I try to drink water. That's that's my drink of choice. My wife sometimes gets upset with me. She's like, don't you have any fun? And that can be fun, but that's the deal. I, I just, 
I'm not a big drinker. I'm not much of a drinker at all, to be perfectly frank. Okay, so things Adam Schefter likes to do for fun, drinking water. We've learned a lot already here on this episode. And is it by design that you just haven't, your wife's never seen you drunk, or is it just, that's just how it's gone? You know, listen, I, I've had plenty of fun in my day and age, and it's just, I, I don't feel like that uh, that's the stage I'm at in life, to be um, out of control, to wake up not feeling right. I like to get up earlier. Um, I like to just be alert at all times. And 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 I honestly should probably look at that. It would be kind of fun. And anytime I've thought about doing that, thinking, oh, this could be a moment, uh, usually something in the NFL will happen that will change yeah. that. So, it just hasn't worked. There'll be a day and a time, I'm sure, when perhaps my wife will see me intoxicated. It'll be kind of nice. It'll be kind of fun. Um, just hasn't happened. I, and I also just guess that your lifestyle and, and the career path you have doesn't really lend itself to drunk tweeting, perhaps. Might not be the best thing when you are the leading face of breaking news. I, uh, I defy you to go through my Twitter account and find a drunken tweet, Julie. You, 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 <laughs> no, but if, you if I can, that, if I can have any I'm impact sorry. on your life, Adam, I hope that we do see a drunk tweet sometime in the future. Uh, all jokes aside, um, obviously you do an incredible job with breaking news and it would be very difficult to do that under the influence. But on a more let serious me, note, let me we have this. Been... I'm very glad that Twitter was not around when I was in college because you would have been able to go back and find some tweets at two, three, four in the morning that probably would not have represented uh, what I wanted to uh, do with my life. Well, even just on that note, like the idea that you you tweet things that are breaking news. But if you ever wanted to tweet like tacos are amazing. Yeah, I guess uh, the response that I would get to that would be either my wife left me or stick to sports or something along those lines. Uh, it's almost as if the social media rules do not allow me to dictate tweeting, I had ice cream today for the first time in three months and it was yummy. Like that doesn't fly, people don't care. Um, and so I try not to do that. I just try to stay in my lane. Now, every day you're veering uh, on the uh, uh, boundaries, but I just I have found it's just better to try to stay in my lane. Do you do you think about the fact that people have alerts for your tweets on? I don't. Um, I just know that again. Um, to whom much is given, much is required. And and so I feel it's incumbent upon me responsible. And I know in the period we're living in over the last couple of weeks, some people like stick to sport. Sports is real life these days. I'm sorry. And people are wrong there. And if they don't like it, I think that that's reflective of their views and their values and their beliefs. I don't agree with that. And I try not to overdo it because I understand people, uh, again, some people, don't want to hear that. They just want to hear this team signed that player. This team traded that player. This coach is hired. This, this guy looks great in spring drills. Working on his, you know, but, but it's it's bigger than that right now. And so I, I would hope that people understand that. And some people don't, which is amazing to me. Yeah, and it's it's bigger than that. And it's also part of sports, too. We've seen so many different athletes and, and coaches and everyone speak up. And for you, Adam, you know, you're the you're the number one newsbreaker covering your league. You're also a white male. What is what has it yeah. been like covering this moment in history? Well, uh, it's interesting. And again, I truly appreciate and respect 
the other side of this. And and so um, you just want to listen and hear all sides. And, and I agree with everything that's going on. I agree with all the protests. Uh, I agree with everything that they're fighting for. I saw that in New York, uh, where I live, I think you live. Um, they repealed a measure yesterday, I think it's N50, that allows police records to be unsealed, which I agree with. Like, why are, why are we hiding those records? What, is there something to hide that we can't see? So to me, th- there's just a powerful movement afoot right now that represents a powerful moment in time. And I'm excited to see where it all goes. Yeah, and I think we're all excited to see what the conversation is like in the NFL and how that develops maybe different or similar than it was a couple of years ago. We have to take a short break, but we have a whole lot more to come with Adam Schefter, ESPN's NFL insider, host of the Adam Schefter podcast here on Drinks with Thanks. Don't go anywhere. Fifteen minutes could save you 15 percent or more. Is that Shakespeare? Nope. It's Geico. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Shakespeare from one of his unpublished works. Oh, it be not for awakening. Nay, give it thou the berries. For fifteen minutes could save you fifteen percent or more. No, it's from Geico, cause they help save people money. Well, I hate to break it to you, but Geico got it from Shakespeare. Geico. Fifteen minutes could save you fifteen percent or more. Welcome back to Drinks with Banks. I'm JSB. We've got Adam Schefter, ESPN NFL insider, host of the Adam Schefter podcast here with us today. And Adam, we are seeing similar themes and conversations come up again in the world in terms of racial inequality, social justice, and how it pertains to the NFL. Something that we saw a couple of years ago when Colin Kaepernick started with his peaceful protest. What have you learned in covering this particular topic that maybe is different this time around? Well, it just does feel a lot different. Again, we've already seen certain steps taken politically. We are seeing more people than ever join the fight. And it just feels like what happened in the NFL the last time in 2017 would not and should not fly this time around. It just feels like if the league took the same approach and the owners took the same approach, that would not work out very well. And that would be something I think that would lead to a lot of anger, a lot of hurt feelings, um, and frankly, people that would just turn off the NFL, I think. And so it, it just seems like the time is right to move this in a positive direction. Right. And for you covering this topic, maybe yeah. what has what's changed about your vantage point, your perspective looking at this than when you did four years ago? Yeah, it just seems like what the NFL did back in 2017, Julie, would not and cannot work in 2020. The attitude that it adopted, it almost seemed like it was the NFL and the owners against the players. And now it just seems like the two sides right now are definitely more in unison, more working on the same page. And we'll see if this time it brings about the change that should have come about back in 2017. And what about you, though, from a reporter standpoint? Um, at, at the time when this had, this had happened with Colin Kaepernick, we'd never really seen this happen in the NFL before. Now, as you go to report on it, what's changed about how you look at it? Well, I'd, I'd like to think that you're smarter, that we're a little bit more knowledgeable about the issue, that we've heard some of this 
the last time around. We went through this before. It's been three years since then. And, and just more important, forget about being a football reporter. How about just being a person? And I think that's why it's captured so much interest in so many countries around the world. Like you're seeing protests everywhere. Did you see that back in 2017? No, you didn't. And so I, I think everybody has seen this and said, it's enough. It's just not right. And so it's a worldwide effort at this point to say that what has gone on in the past is not acceptable in 2020. It's, it wasn't acceptable in 2017. It wasn't acceptable before then, but it went on. And now somehow it looks like there's a real momentum uh, to get things where they should be. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious because I, I, I love hearing that passion. And as you speak from the, the viewpoint of humanity, of morality, of right versus wrong, but you're also a breaking news insider. So how do you how do you use that balance when this isn't the main topic in the news in two to three weeks? Well, but uh, you still have a huge platform. Yeah. What, how do you balance that? I, I, I don't change anything. Again, news is news and information is information. And again, you're watching this and, and this has become the story of the year, which is saying something in a year where we've also experienced a global pandemic. So you're talking about two huge issues that relate to all people in all walks of life, back to back, side by side. And and I've said to people about the upcoming football season between social justice reform and the pandemic and the health concerns and a presidential election. Wow. I mean, wow. This year is going to be interesting in the NFL. Yeah, I, I, it definitely is. And we've already seen the NFL make various statements, whether it's through the players that did the very powerful video, The Stronger Together, or when Roger Goodell had his one-on-one with the camera, it's admitting that the NFL was wrong and in, in what they did last time and, and encouraging peaceful protests and saying he's going to peacefully protest as well. What's been sort of the pulse of the, the owners when it comes to what Goodell said? Well, Again, we haven't heard from a lot of them just yet at the time they were taping this. And it seems like they're more in the background right now. And inevitably, they're going to have to speak up and they're going to have to be for this issue. And they're going to have to be pro-social justice and reform. Um, And if they're not, then we're going to talk about a lot of different news stories that are going to develop over the course of the year. But you haven't heard as much from owners so far to date. And so I think everybody's waiting to hear what they have to say, where they are on the issue. We saw Roger Goodell release a video that was pretty well thought out, um, pretty relatable to the moment. And you just haven't seen that as much from owners. As we take this, can, can you think of a single owner who's appeared on camera yet? I'm just thinking right now, and then if not, let me say this. They're not often on camera. They're not often interviewed. But how many owners have we seen step forward and make a statement saying enough is enough? We believe in what's going on. Black Lives Matter. Have we seen any owners say that right now? Um, maybe the Jaguars. I'm not sure what happened with their march. Todd Khan released a statement. He released a statement. Yep. He wrote a column on the Jaguars website. That was very good. 
have. Right. But short of that, I, 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 I'm drawing a blank. And if I'm missing something, I apologize. But I don't really recall any other messages from owners so far. Yeah, that seems to be what everyone wants to hear. And everyone wants to hear Jerry Jones say something because yeah. of how he handled things last time. We've, we've heard the message before. Silence is sort of siding with the oppressor. What do you expect Jerry Jones to maybe have to say in this climate? Julie, I'm not, I'm not going to venture into an area like that. It guess at to what another man's going to say. Let's let him say whatever he wants to say. And let's hope he's on the right side of history here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of pressure on the owners right now, at least to kind of see what this means. Um, when you look, though, at the idea of Colin Kaepernick, everyone's now talking about him with this. And, and you know, Malcolm, Malcolm Jenkins had the idea that, like, Good, Goodell needs to address this specifically. Uh, what do you think is the next step as it pertains to the relationship with Colin? Well, they don't they haven't had much of a relationship and it would be great to repair that relationship and see him get a job. But it's been four years now. Nobody's given him a chance. Nobody's come close to giving him a chance. And even though there is a real there's real momentum um, on this issue, it hasn't translated to Colin Kaepernick yet. Now, that doesn't mean it won't change. But where couple of weeks into this right now and nothing has changed with Colin Kaepernick so far as we talk right now mm -hmm. there hasn't been a team to my knowledge that's reached out to him to say hey will you come work out for us there hasn't been a team that has expressed an interest in signing him and so until it happens it's status quo with Colin Kaepernick right lots of questions of who would want to have him and if he would ever want to play in the NFL again after everything that's happened. We have a whole lot more to come with Adam Schefter, ESPN NFL insider, host of the Adam Schefter podcast here on Drinks with Binks. Don't go anywhere. Good afternoon. Would you like to try a free sample of our double fudge brownie? Oh, sure. Mmm, that's very good. I I'll just take one more just to be sure. Yep, still very good. Some things never change, like never being able to take just one free sample. And Geico saving folks lots of money on their car insurance. Mmm, is that macadamia nut I taste? Let me take one more. Sir, mm. yeah, I thought so. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Drinks with Thanks with Adam Schefter, ESPN NFL insider, host of the Adam Schefter podcast. We've been discussing everything in the NFL as it pertains to what's going on in the world in terms of really figuring out how to do a better job of combating racism, which has been the age-old question for many, many years. Many people have dismissed it. And now there's so much momentum and energy behind it that it feels as though a change, changes are imminent. And so for, for you, Adam, we talk about well, what does Colin Kaepernick think? And what is this? And, you know, would he do this? Have you spoken to Colin at all? I have not spoken to Colin. No, he's maintained a rather low profile. And I think his stature has risen because he has been so quiet. And I know back in 2017, I did a podcast with Dr. Harry Edwards, who was a brilliant man. And he, in 2017, told me that he thought that Colin Kaepernick would go down in history compared to Muhammad Ali and all that Muhammad Ali stood for. And at the time, you're like, wow, that's a really interesting, thought-provoking, powerful statement. 
and you wondered if it would be true. And now, three years later, I think Dr. Harry Edwards was definitely onto something. Mm -hmm. And I even went to my producer last week. I'm like, can you go pull that clip? I want to play that on my podcast and see if we can get that clip of what he said on the podcast because it was very interesting. But I have not spoken to him personally. And again, I think he has intentionally kept a very low profile. Have you seen him do many or any interviews? No, right? No, no that, I think that net is definitely on purpose, I believe. Mm -hmm. Be curious about his mindset at this moment. And when it was, you know, a couple of years ago and, and his peaceful protests became politicized and President Donald Trump inserted himself into the conversation and, you know, the message was sort of distorted that this is against the anthem. Well, it was never about that. And a lot of people are recognizing that if they didn't know before, it is that is the message now. And for the NFL and for all these players, once again, Trump has inserted himself into this conversation. How do you think the league and its owners, its players, Goodell, is maybe either better suited or has a, a different perspective on how to deal with this issue as it becomes politicized by our president? Well, again, last time it felt like the president of the United States was leading the charge against players who were kneeling, specifically Colin Kaepernick. And I just think that it's harder to do that this time. You mentioned the words distorting the message. And it's interesting to me that we could look back to three years ago and think, you know what, the message was distorted. And how did that happen? It wasn't distorted with everybody, but there were certain people that didn't get the message the right way. And I think people are understanding now what the kneeling is about better than they did then. I Why that is, I, I don't know. Again, maybe I want to think that we're all a little bit more intelligent about it, a little bit more well-versed, but it certainly seems like uh, people don't view the act of kneeling today, I, I don't think, uh, quite the way they did back in 2017. How do you think the NFL may approach when it is in the fall and perhaps textbook you know, a couple of players or whoever, Goodell, anyone kneels, if anyone kneels and the and the president sort of ignites yeah. this this fan base that to turn people against the NFL. They've dealt with this before. How, how would they deal with it this time? Well, again, Roger Goodell's statement this time, Julie, was a lot different than what he said back in 2017. So it certainly seems like the league is a lot more open minded, a lot more reasonable than it was three years ago. I don't know what that translates to on Sunday. Who knows if there'll be fans to play an anthem for? Maybe they say there's no, I, I mean, we don't know. There's, there's so much that's unknown that it's hard for me to look into my crystal ball mm -hmm. in an area that is very difficult to predict, that's fluid by the day, and tell you here's how it's going to unfold. I don't know. Right, yeah. I know, and I know you're you're asked a, a lot of these different things based on your relationships and the news you break. But and, and even I've had conversations with a number of British reporters who were like, why, why does the U.S. play the anthem and Canada too play the anthem before a game that's not an international game? Because that's not what they do in, in soccer. Yeah. But I was curious. I was thinking about this last night. Adam, have you ever spoken with Donald Trump? I never have. In fact, uh, it's funny you say that. I've, I've never I've never met any current or former president. I've never spoken with any former or current president. I actually was on a conference call with President Clinton about a month ago um, through some mutual friends. He spoke to a group of about 30 people that I was included on. That's about as close as I've come 
to yeah. a president. Now, the, the NFL used to have guest speakers that came into the annual meeting in the spring and spoke to them. And one year they had President Clinton, but the NFL never would allow a member of the media into those sessions. So I did not get to see President Clinton, but I will say that my father-in-law just walked in and sat up front uh, right by Dan Rooney and had a second or third row seat to President Clinton. Uh, me personally, it's something I've never done. I've never met any of these presidents. I've always wanted to, um, but no, I, I've never spoken. Never met President Trump. I've never crossed paths with President Trump. No. I feel like a lot of these presidents probably follow the news you break and know who you are. So at some point, you'll have to meet a former, current, future president. I feel like that's some sort of yeah, relationship. Yeah, ESPN sent like, they said Andy Katz to the White House to get Barack Obama's tournament picks and Doris Burke, I believe, went there. And I'm thinking, why couldn't one of these presidents have been a big football fan and we go get his playoff picks before the Super Bowl, before the postseason? I would have loved to have done that. I would I, I that would have been awesome, but I, I, I've, I've never, I've never, I've never had the occasion. I've never had the privilege to meet a president. Yeah, well, we'll have to see. You know, whoever is in office come this Super Bowl. If the Super Bowl ends up happening, uh, maybe I'll get to meet someone. Um, and and Adam, before we before we go to break, I'm curious. You know, we're talking about politics right now. You're a sports breaking news insider. How do you like? How is your relationship as it pertains to politics? I know it's. If this is news, then that's, you know, uh, A plus B equals C. But when something isn't black and white, how do you deal with it? I try to keep it black and white, frankly, Julie. I, again, we'll go back to last week. President Trump tweeted it, Drew Brees, and Drew Brees sent a letter back to President Trump. Is that politics to tweet about that? I, I don't think it is. Or to report on that? It's not much reporting. You're just taking what each of these guys is saying. Um, I try not to pass judgment on either side. Uh, again, I did find over the course of the last couple of weeks, a lot of people saying, you know, stick to sports or this is politics. And this this isn't politics to me. This is humanity to me. This is bigger than politics. Are politics a part of it? Sure. I try not to get involved in that. I really do. I'm not interested in being involved in that. But I am interested in our society being as good as it can be. I am interested in people being treated as equally as they can. I am interested in treating people the way that you would want to be treated. And that hasn't been the case in our country. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because you're you're a person, first and foremost, you're a father. Um, you know, you want to you want to be able to also tell the story that is that is on the right side of history, as we have all been saying over the last couple of weeks. Um, Adam, we have a whole lot more you want to get to, including what the NFL plans to do amidst, as you mentioned, another big story going on in the world, the coronavirus pandemic. Guys, don't go anywhere. We have Adam Schefter from ESPN, NFL Insider, the Adam Schefter podcast here on Drinks with Binks. We'll be back with more. To show you how easy it is to file a claim with GEICO, we hired a soap opera star. Gracious me, my car has storm damage and I've had to file a claim. Could it possibly get worse? Will my claims team leave me for someone else? Someone less intense? Um, no. Actually, when you file a claim with GEICO, you get your own dedicated claims team who promises to stay with you throughout the process. Oh, I've never known such loyalty. I can't wait for the second season. Geico. Great service without all the drama. Hey, I'm Katie Nolan, and I had drinks with Binks, and I loved it. 
Welcome on back. This is Drinks with Binks. I'm JSB. We are drinking some water with Adam Schefter, who has never been drunk in front of his wife, which is a very huge uh, piece on your resume, I would say. My boyfriend would say he's seen me so many times drunk, so I'm going to take some life lessons from you. Well, going, I should take you too, I think, in return. Yeah, well, we'll find a happy medium um, exactly. somewhere down the road. Yeah. yeah. Now, we were discussing everything um, in terms of racial inequality in the NFL and beyond and preaching humanity and morality in this world. And another issue we've also had to deal with is the coronavirus pandemic. Now, for you, Adam, you've covered so many different stories, interviewed so many different types of people. For a global pandemic, what kinds of information strategies or um, unique avenues have you had to use to be able to properly cover this topic? Again, it's one of these issues that has the attention of the entire world, not just New York or Chicago or the United States. It's the entire world that it impacts. And again, when this first started affecting and impacting our country back in March, I decided just personally that with my podcast, I felt like it was very valuable to hear from a medical slash scientific point of view every week. Now, that's not an area that I have any great expertise in, I must say, uh, but I would have on on an almost weekly basis, Dr. Tom Mayer, the medical director of the NFL Players Association. He was gracious with his time, and it came on probably about five different times, and I had on Dr. Alan Sills, the NFL's chief medical officer, twice. I, I, I've had my podcast now for, I think, three and a half years or so, And I don't think I've had very many, if any, repeat guests up until this year. And Dr. Mayer has been on four or five, six times. Sills has been on twice. And I even had somebody call me and say, okay, you know, I I think we've heard from them. We can now go on. But I I just felt like people want to know. And and I know they get the messages everywhere else, on every news channel, on every newspaper, on every internet site. I, I got that. But at that point... It's almost like right now with social justice and racism, that feels like that's the only thing that matters. And it felt like the pandemic was the only thing that mattered. And and now in my mind, these are two of the huge issues that, that both really matter in this world. And, and they're coming to a head and they're impacting the NFL season. And the NFL has been very fortunate in the timing. Mm-hmm. Now, if you could pick a date for a pandemic to break out, you would probably pick it when it did mm-hmm. from the NFL standpoint, other than you pick never, of course, that it would never happen. But if one had to impact our country, you would say, oh, early March, because the NFL went on and still conducted free agency, still conducted a draft, still conducted its offseason, though virtually. But now it's going to get interesting because now the teams are scheduled to report to training camp next month in July. And in fact, I just filed a short time ago to ESPN a story that in basically spelled out the rules of how that's supposed to be working under the terms of the new collective bargaining agreement, where uh, all teams are supposed to be reporting at a similar date, which I think is 47 or 48 days prior to the regular season opener, which this year is July 28th. So that should be uh, basically the uniform reporting date for NFL teams. And I don't know that anybody knows if teams will be reporting to camp on July 28th, as they are supposed to be doing. Right. And we are shooting this on a a Wednesday midday 
Adam, when you've, you know, we've seen some of the stuff with the, the memos that you've mentioned with the six feet distance and only certain number of people in meeting rooms and all this stuff. What's been the vibe amongst players and coaches of maybe that concerns on how this can actually happen? Well, first of all, it's interesting, right? Because in speaking to some players and coaches, they don't sound overly concerned about it. Like James Conner was on my podcast and I said, you have a pre-existing medical condition having battled what he has. Are you concerned about being out there, being in a locker room, being in a huddle, being on a field, being in a stadium with a bunch of people? And he was not the slightest bit concerned. Like I would have thought, yeah, it's crossed my mind. I'm going to have to be. It wasn't like that. It was like, nope, we're going to play football season. And so that tells me if James Conner feels that way, I would venture to say the majority, not all, but the majority of players probably feel that way. And maybe I shouldn't apply his feelings to everybody else, but I'll bet you that's kind of the gist. You see players working out together in Florida, Sam Darnold's with the Jets. You see people in California working out together. And again, we're in New York here. And so we've been dealing with this for quite some time. And so uh, I think we probably view this differently than a lot of the country. And now we're seeing more cases flare up in other areas. And maybe other areas will begin to experience what places like New York have over the last three months. Um, but again, you know, I've, I had four cousins that had the virus. I had a niece that had the virus. My college friend lost his mom to the virus. My parents lost one of their best friends to the virus. I mean, the virus was, you know, a real part of our lives. And, and I feel fortunate that that's all that happened, that it wasn't worse than what it was. But in other areas of the country, like I'm speaking to people, oh, they're they're they're, they're away, they're traveling. Uh, I spoke to another person this uh, in the NFL yesterday. They went to Las Vegas over the weekend, and 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 and, and his wife was getting massages. And Matt, I'm, and I'm thinking to myself, people are living a different world than I am. I I, I get it, and I, res- I I'm happy for them, for our family. It's it, it's been a different experience. You know, my wife is a type one diabetic, so she is completely completely uh, alarmed, if not paranoid about anybody coming into our house, uh, anything. You know, we, we had we had my sister and her sister over and, and a couple uh, people over the weekend for a barbecue. It was like the first time we'd seen people mm-hmm. and someone had to use the bathroom and they're like, well, look, okay, we're gonna let you in over here, this little side door and use the back bathroom. My wife now calls it the Corona bathroom so that if anyone comes over and they're in our backyard and they have to go to the bathroom, they use the Corona bathroom. Makes sense. I mean, I, I think uh, along the same lines as you with a lot of this stuff. And, you know, you mentioned a lot of the people that you've seen or that your family's seen affected by this virus. And then there's people that have never seen this touch anyone. And it's sort of out of sight, out of mind. When you've had this experience, in what way do you bring it to how you cover this story so that you do do this, this the story justice? Yeah, well, I, you know, before the NFL draft, I thought the NFL was making a mistake about holding the draft when it did. And again, well, people are like, well, do you regret that? No, I don't regret that. The NFL did an unbelievable job pulling it off. It deserves all the praise it gets for making the draft successful. But it doesn't change the fact that at that point in time, there were a lot of sick people in our area. There were a lot of dying people in our area. There were a lot of people in my family that had the virus. Did I feel like that was the appropriate time to have it? I did not. I still don't feel like it was. But the league did do a great job, and we can applaud the league for doing a great job and pulling it off. And by the way, when you're talking to head coaches and GMs and front office members, none of them thought, or very few of them thought, I don't want to make a blanket statement, 
But there were some heated feelings about having the draft when it did. And by the way, afterwards, everyone was like, hey, kudos to the NFL. The league pulled it off. Um, and, and they did. And so the league changed some viewpoints. But it doesn't mean it was right to hold it at that particular moment as much as so many people enjoyed it. Right. Um, we have to go to break in a second. But when we look at some of these other leagues that are coming back, a lot of them are going to be focused in one area. As it pertains to the NFL, that's not the case when it comes allegedly to when games are going to be played. What kind of contingency plan would the NFL have if maybe state regulations caused different states to close or for you know, to be able to compete to be able to um, keep the competitive balance? What are they thinking? I, well, I can tell you this: having spoken to teams, they're waiting to get guidance from the NFL as to how this would work. Uh, they have not come up with alternative sites for teams. Uh, they have not looked at that very much at all. Uh, there hasn't been much direction from the league to date about that. I, I still believe that Super Bowl 55 is the secret sauce because it's currently scheduled to be played, I believe, Sunday, February 7th at this point in time. And on Sunday, February 7th, they could always move that to March 7th or April 7th or whatever it is, push it back. Uh, much the way they did in 2001 after the World Trade Center was attacked and they pushed back, I think it was week two of the season and they made week two, week 18 and they pushed back the Super Bowl one week. That That's kind of the blueprint, I think, for this year if they need to uh, start the season later or push back games. I think that the league is determined to play 16 games and it could take hypothetically weeks one to four and fold them into the back of the right. season and make it such that weeks one to four would be weeks 18, 19, 20, and 21 Super Bowl will be moved back. Uh, that's it. The league needs to. Hopefully, it doesn't. Hopefully, everything goes on as planned. Uh, league proceeds. The season proceeds as planned. We'll see. Uh, I, I don't know whether that will or won't happen. And and frankly, no one does. Yeah, it's uh, an evolving situation. I'm cautiously optimistic with all of these different leagues coming back and and different teams and their their plans as this virus has something that we've never seen and experienced before. Guys, we have a whole lot more with Adam Schefter, NFL insider on ESPN, host of the Adam Schefter podcast on Drinks with Banks. Don't go anywhere. I'm Dan Patrick, and I'm sipping on drinks with Binks. Welcome back to Drinks with Thanks. We have Adam Schefter, ESPN NFL insider, host of the Adam Schefter podcast. Listen to your most recent episode with Doc Rivers, which was great. He gives his insight on who should be the Bears starting quarterback. I won't give away what he said, but definitely a must listen. And you you did a great job with getting a lot of personality and insight out of Doc because, I mean, he's he is one of a kind. Um, but I wanted to ask you, you know, I wanted to know first and foremost about Adam Schefter, the person. And when I met you, uh, at Field Yates' wedding. I think I did this interview already, but I found it fascinating just your life as an NFL insider. Did you always want to have this lifestyle and this job? Um, I can't say that that's accurate. Um, you know, I grew up not thinking that uh, I could be a sports reporter. I like the thought never occurred to me when I went to the University of Michigan and started writing for the student newspaper. There were people there um, like Mitch Album and Thomas George, who wrote for the Free Press and later the New York Times, who was a great man and a big influence in my life, who helped guide me into that field. And I honestly 
I thought that was a field that somebody else could go into. My parents taught me a lot of things. And, and again, I'm grateful to them for many things, but, but they never said to me, you can do anything you want to do. Like, I, I didn't know that if you want to go be a sports reporter, you could go be a sports reporter. If you want to go work for a, a sports team, you could, like, I thought those jobs were for other people. I know it sounds kind of crazy, but it's kind of how I felt. And when I got into writing in college and kind of got mesmerized by it, addicted to it, I loved it. And I, I felt like deciding to go do that was like taking a plunge. Like it was so liberating. Like, oh, wow, I'm going to go try to become a sports reporter. And when I made that decision, I wanted to be like Mitch Alm. I wanted to be a sports newspaper columnist. That was what I wanted to do. And somehow along the way, wanting to become a sports newspaper columnist morphed into becoming a football television reporter. Uh, it wasn't anything that was planned. It was more accidental than anything else. Uh, it, I, I'm, I feel fortunate and blessed to have it work out the way that it did, but that, that definitely was not the plan. Definitely not the plan. In fact, Steve Levy, uh, who was an ESPN anchor, he and I went to the same high school. We didn't know each other growing up, but but they had us back to speak to the students at that school on the same night back in 2014, whatever whatever year uh, Andrew Luck and RG3 were in the draft, because I remember getting some calls during the program about that draft. Anyway, um, he was talking to the students and talking about how every summer he would do an internship at uh, a sports radio station, a fan in New York, or he'd work for a sports agent in New York, and he always knew that he wanted to be on TV, a sports anchor. And I'm, th I'm listening to him. I'm going, oh, my God. Like, he had it all planned out in his mind. And me, I just kind of wung it. And I had no idea at that point. I thought I was going to go to business school or law school or just follow the path that so many people do um, and, and try to make something of your life. And it wound up in an area of sports journalism that, again, when I was in high school, I had no plan for. I have so many questions I want to ask you about being an insider, uh, Adam, and, and we don't have that much time. But when I was younger, I wanted to be an NHL insider. I grew up in Canada and Darren Dreger kind of helped me a little bit because I me and him actually sort of battled on a story once when I was trying to break some news. And he he took me under his wing and kind of showed me, hey, this is what I do um, to sort of let me know some certain steps so I don't get in trouble, especially legally for you. What everyone wants to know what it's like. For your job like what's a mental checklist that you have to check off before you send that tweet out well before you send the tweet out you, you want to be sure this week for instance i got a call about reggie bush uh, being reinstated by usc and i'd spoken to a few different people and was convinced it was true in fact i even emailed the desk and enlisted the help of some of the college football writers people who deal with usc and that sort of issue on a more regular basis than i do and I felt like, you know, at uh, five, six o'clock on Tuesday night, I could have filed that story that he was expected to be reinstated, which he subsequently was on Wednesday. But I told the desk, I, I just want to get one more person, one more person. And ultimately, we kept speaking to people, reaching out to people. And one of the college football writers got enough of confirmation that we thought that it would happen. And sure enough, then on Wednesday morning, Reggie Bush gets reinstated. So, again, I think. If you're not dealing with people that you've dealt with for a long period of time, you're, you're always kind of wanting to get one more source. And, and I always think with every story, what's the upside to getting the story and what's the downside? And, and at, you know, to me, the downside is 
is always much greater, almost always much greater than the upside of a story. And so I'd, I'd, I'd much rather be careful every time and get beat on a story than go out there um, and be wrong. So oddly enough, the one time where I was actually uh, a little bit risque and took a little bit of a gamble was about a year ago uh, when I got a call um, from somebody and, and they passed along the information that Andrew Luck was retiring. And I called about four or five different people after the call and, and, and nobody was picking up and it was kind of weird. And um, but the information that was passed on to me was so strong and so specific that I'm like, I, I just know it's true. I just I just know it's true. And I tweeted it while holding my breath. And uh, sure enough, about 90 seconds later, after I tweeted it, Matthew Hasselbeck, who works at ESPN, was great. He calls me up and he goes, did you just tweet that Andrew Luck's retiring? And I'm like, yeah. And he goes, are you sure? And I said, am I sure? Yeah, I am. Otherwise, I wouldn't have tweeted. Why? He goes, well, I was just with him the last two days in Indianapolis, and he never mentioned it to me. And I thought to myself, oh, yeah, yeah, did I just blow this? Um, and, and there was a part of me that was concerned for a moment. And then, obviously, um, the story unfolded the way it did, and he did announce his retirement. Um, but when Matthew called me, I'm not going to lie, uh, I'm going to tell you that that he, he nearly gave me a heart attack, Julie. Oh, I bet. And we have to go to break. But just quickly, you did get some pushback from when you tweeted that that news because yeah, it was yeah, it's, how do you yeah, feel about that? Again, Andrew had told any number of people during the week. There were people in the Colts organization that knew there were players that knew. My job isn't to determine when he gets to announce that news. I, I understand what people are saying. I don't agree with him. my job is to report information as I get it and know it to be true. I, I believe that to be true. Uh, I thought it was pertinent. I thought it was relevant. And I reported it when I did. And um, that's sort of the way it unfolded. Again, that's my job. And I tried to do my job that night. Well, you do your job very well. And we are all better for having you breaking this news for us. We got to take a quick time out. We'll have more on Adam Schefter, the person who is an NFL insider, host of the Adam Schefter podcast, and a father to a young woman who has helped us set up this interview right now. We'll have a whole lot more and drinks and things. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's the Cooligans. Hello, I'm Christian. I'm Alexis. Okay, we are two stand-up comedians, and we host uh, the funniest soccer show you've ever seen. That's right. We love talking about soccer. We're wild. We're silly. We have no idea what we're doing, <laughs> but it's a fun ride. And we're on Fubo every Tuesday and Thursday at 8 p.m. That's right. Fubo Sports Network. Do it. Like what you're hearing? Check out Drinks with Binks on Fubo Sports Network every Friday night at 8 p.m. Stream it on the Fubo TV app, Roku, Samsung TV, and more. Oh, and don't forget, it's BYOB. Sorry, startup life. Hey, guys, welcome back to Drinks with Binks with Adam Schefter. And Adam, um, when I spoke with you the first time, I remember we sort of we we had a relation between the idea that like when I was doing stand up comedy, the adrenaline I would feel when like a joke lands or when you're out in front of the audience and you do well to you mentioned breaking news and that feeling of like that dopamine release when you get something right. And it's just huge. What can you describe sort of more, in more detail what it's like when you do nail that story? Uh, I would make the argument that there probably is there are a few feelings in life, few feelings in life that are any more thrilling 
than that feeling of getting a news story and being fortunate enough to report it and pass it along. Um, again, I've been in this business for over 30 years now, and uh, I've done this since 1990. And from the time I got my very first story that meant something, um, that had some implications, there was a feeling then, I, I, I can distinctly remember it now, Julie, and, and it's not all that different almost 30 years later. The, the rush that you get, the energy that you get, the feeling that you get, it's, 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 a, it's a great feeling if you're fortunate enough to get it. Right, and for someone who is on all the time, weddings, funerals, birthdays, do you ever get a second off from being Adam Schefter, the insider? Well, um, I mean, that is the job, right? And so there are times where it's quiet and not a lot is happening. And so, you you know, technically you're off, but these are the kinds of jobs. And, and I would say really anybody in any line of work, it, it's also true. You're, you're never off. You're just never off. Like if you are in- no, but you're literally never off. <laughs> yeah, I, know, I know, but, but you know, like doctors are on call. Um, they can get calls at any time. People in finance are thinking, oh, what about this deal? Uh, teachers are thinking about the program or grading a paper. Uh, if you're in the media, you're thinking, okay, you, you're, you're not an insider, but I guarantee you, you were saying you were thinking about the show last night because it's, it's on your mind all the time, right? Mm -hmm. It is. So I dreamed I, about it actually, which was right, well, There you go. The and so I just think that anybody who's conscientious about their job in any line of work, whether it's this or any other line, is always thinking about their job and is really never off. And so that, that that's just my job. It's just, it's a little bit more public than some other jobs. So people see that I'm never really off, but I, I really believe that there are people in any line of work, anybody who really cares about what they do also is never off, not just me. Are you, are you also a politician? Because that is a perfect way to answer that question. True. Without putting too much pressure on your industry. Okay, we have to take a break. We'll be back to hear more about what Adam's up to next on Drinks of Things. We got to say goodbye to Adam Schefter on Drinks of Things. But one last question I have to know. Adam, would you recommend your career choice to someone? You got 20 seconds. Yeah, it, listen, I'd recommend if you want to do that and you love doing that, then you should do that. You should try to do that. I would say that to anybody in any line of work. If you love something, go try to do it. If you love doing it, you'll care a lot more about it. You'll be conscientious like we talked about. And I think your chances of doing well at that job are greater at that point in time. All right. Well, Adam, you better watch your back because I'm coming to get you now with that advice. Uh, obviously, jokes aside, I will not be doing that. Thank you so much for being with us here today, Adam Schefter. You can find his podcast, the Adam Schefter podcast. Doc Rivers is this week. You don't want to miss that. And he is literally everywhere breaking news. Thank you for being with us here today. Thank you for having me. I'm glad we were finally able to do this. Appreciate it. We'll be drinking in person. I will be taking you to make sure you have a couple drinks that your wife sees you drunk. <laughs> and that's what we do on Drinks with Banks, guys. See us next week. 
sports betting is sweeping across the country faster than the coronavirus, and wagering week is your antidote. I'm Tom Martin, and I'm a veteran sports analyst and respected sports handicapper who helped build ESPN's brand. I've been recognized and awarded by Pro Football Weekly and Gaming Today magazine as the honest handicapper. Let the other guys give you the same old boring sports talk with the same tired storylines. We'll give it to you straight here every Friday on Wagering Week. Don't gamble with other podcasts. Let Sports Garden Network's Wagering Week help your bottom line.